Jam in the AM Monday morning. Well, we've heard a lot from Israel over the last day or so, especially the news regarding the likely next prime minister of Israel. Noted journalist and uh, and Torah scholar Sivan Rahav Meir is with us live via telephone from Israel. Uh, Sivan, shalom. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Shalom, shalom, Nachum from Yerushalayim. Tadarabah. Give us the latest. Will Naftali Bennett be the next Prime Minister of Israel? Maybe, maybe, but I don't think it will be a stable coalition. I mean, what they're trying to form now, the new government, it's not a good solution for the, uh, you know, our problem with stability here. Uh, since, I don't know how, I mean, how much your listeners, how much they know about Israeli political system, but we, but what what we see now is another trial to uh, to form a coalition after four four elections. I mean, here in Israel, I think we're, we're soon we will enter the the fifth uh, uh, season of of election now. But uh, what Naftali Bennett tries to do, he has only six. He won six seats out of 120. Okay, that's the number of members we have. In our parliament, in our Knesset, 120. Uh, I'm not so good at math, you know. Please calculate the percentage. <laughs> yeah. Six out of 120. It, okay. it, it's you small. You cannot be it's a small. serious prime minister. Yeah, it's five percent. It's small. such a tiny number of supporters. Right. It's 5% that it's small. So how does someone with six seats get to the point where he might be prime minister. It sounds a, a little crazy every time we've heard of negotiations over uh, campaign seasons or post-campaign seasons in Israel. We've always turned to those who are in control of 29, 30, 31 seats. How does he become such a big player? Exactly. <laughs> so the genius here, and I disagree completely with his ideology, with his opinions, but the genius here is Yair Lapid. Maybe the word genius wasn't uh, correct, generous. I mean, he has he won 17 seats. Right. Uh, I just want to remind you, Netanyahu has the biggest uh, party, 30 seats. That's the majority. That's the biggest party. And if you include the Haredim and what we call the Tzionut Batit party, he has more than two million uh, voters, supporters. Right. That's not enough. Right. But the other side also, they don't have enough. Nobody has a normal majority. We're stuck. We can call it. Um, to Bibi or not to Bibi? You know, Bibi is the way we call Netanyahu here, Benjamin Netanyahu. But I, I believe that's the real question here in Israeli society. To Bibi or not to Bibi? His supporters are willing to sit with him and only with him. And those who are anti-Bibi, you know, their dream to see him out of Prime Minister's offices is so big, they're willing to give Bennett the opportunity to be their Prime Minister, although he comes from the right. The left is willing to give him such a, um, such a privilege, such a huge you know, responsibility to lead their side, their, uh, their part of the political system. I think it means something spiritual. You know, I'm not a Rebbitzin, but when I, I think there is something, um, there are moral lessons we can learn from that. You know, if you want to achieve something, I don't know. I mean, I feel we're living in, a, in some kind of a legend because I cover Israeli politics for 30, 40 years, 30 years, almost. I started the, as a young girl, young child. So, yeah, that's very surprising. <laughs> Who makes this decision? Sivan Rahav Meir is with us from Israel. Who makes this decision and when? Is it the president? Is it the Knesset? Is it both? And will it be this week? Now they're negotiating. Now they're negotiating. Whoever I mean, wants to be the prime minister must have the Arab 
parties with him, and it's not so easy. We have two Arab parties. One is more extreme. It's called the Meshutefet, the united one. And the other one is more, I would say, moderate. Yeah, the, you can definitely find something in common with them. This is the Mansur, the Mansur Abbas party. They're different than the first one, but they must sit and negotiate and sign agreements with them. And that's not so simple, uh, you know, uh, uh, especially for Naftali Bennett, uh, who comes from the right, but also for Lapid. That's the question. Now, I think that's the crucial, I think, issue. Um, all other, uh, you know, um, parts uh, in this coalition, they already agreed. They should sign the agreements and bring it to the Knesset. They should, it, it, there's transparency. You can't sign something. The public must see everything and know everything until this Wednesday. We have two days. And then we'll see if they have the majority, at least 61 seats, so they can form a coalition. But I, I guess you will call me once again to speak about the next coalition quite soon. <laughs> in other words... Uh, you're confident that this is such a a weak a weak process that they're in that they'll either be that they'll either be another coalition uh, pitch or there might be another election very very soon. You're not very confident. Never say, <laughs> I can't. No, no. Um, never say never. I'm not a prophet. Right. I don't know. What I do know, Israel is much stronger than its political leaders. I and mean, our political system is stuck. There's a deadlock, but that's not not the only factor. Israel is a tremendous story, I think, um, uh, a story that is a source of inspiration. COVID is over here completely. Vaccination, that project was fantastic. Four peace agreements in one year. Look at everything we did, everything we built. I think we're much stronger than our politicians. And uh, I find it, you know, uh, I, I want to say something optimistic so, uh, yeah. because uh, the political situation is not so uh, well, positive. Well, I do think the Israeli, the Jewish story is much bigger. Well, you're a real inspiration, and 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 stay with us. I know it's. I know you're very busy, and it's hard to get a hold of you. So I'm going to take advantage and ask you to hold on for two more things. The first is uh, with everything you said, and believe you me, we're all proud. We're all proud, and we all feel strong Jews around the world because of all the things you just described in terms of recent things that have gone on in Israel. But how would you describe the aftermath? of the war with Gaza. Is, is Israel as confident and strong and optimistic the way you just described it, or was this a very bad setback for the Hamonam? Well, first of all, I think that's, it's the question today. I mean, what do they think, Hamas? Will they start something like this all over again, or will they uh, think twice before they start something because they, uh, they're really, you know, we harm their uh, weapon and, and even citizens, you know, innocent citizens, it's not because of us, it's because of them, the way they, they treat the, uh, the uh, uh, innocent people in Gaza. But yes, I think that's the main question today regarding Hamas. You know, I sometimes say for, for their people to replace, speaking about politicians, okay, speaking about leaders, I mean, the people in the Gaza definitely deserve better leadership, what they are dealing with. I mean, they're miserable. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I wish... Uh, things there could change. I wish they will have the, I think, the opportunity to build something instead of just ruining. Think about yeah. their idea, yeah. their philosophy, okay? Yeah. What do they do when they wake up every morning? They don't build anything. They just want to ruin what we build. So yeah. Um, yeah. until something changes deep in, in their, I would say, nature, in their philosophy, in the way they treat life, you know, the meaning of life, um, 
we will we'll have to fight uh, once a while. I hope uh, they learn the lesson this time, and it will take more uh, more time until they'll do, try to do it again. Sivan, you spent time here. I mean, we made a big deal, rightfully, about the time that your family spent in uh, in New York, and unfortunately, COVID cut your entire tour of North America short, which was one of the tragedies of COVID, frankly. Um, are you, you just said that COVID's over in Israel, and that's obviously good news. Are you getting any idea when the skies will be open and all the people that you know, like myself, will be able to visit Israel easily? Yeah. First of all, yeah, we spent a year in New York, uh, World Mizrahi Movement. They sent us on Shlichut. It was great. COVID, unfortunately, as you said, ended that beautiful period. I want to tell you something. I know how much you all miss Israel. I want to tell you something. Israel misses you. Yerushalayim is empty without you. Now, the gates are locked, and they should be locked. Uh, these are the circumstances right now. But the minute <laughs> you will all be able to come, I'm telling you, I, I'm, you know, whenever I go to the market, to the Western Wall, uh, without your English and Spanish and French, it's empty. It's your home, too. And you can't come, you know, home right now. So, yes, we're waiting. There's maybe even this summer. Uh, I think it's, uh, uh, as I said, Yerushalayim misses you. and You belong here. So you, don't, tourists, so, you, so you don't have a date for us. You don't have a date that the no, government... No, I'm not an expert. We should still see the numbers. It's, it's still dangerous, you know. Here, everything is closed and healthy. But it's healthy because it's closed. It's not so easy, you know, opening the gates. And then what? I mean, we don't want to regret it afterwards. So we're doing it slowly, but there's a lot of shem soon. You're allowed to you're allowed to travel out of Israel, and people are desperate to see you here. Are there plans for a lecture tour for you in North America? <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Bo Hashem, there were a few communities that were in touch with us. Not just America, other places. Uh, soon, you will, uh, I'll let you know, Nahum. I'd I hope so. <laughs> Believe me, I hope so. Tadaraba, thank you so much for taking the time <laughs> thank today. Thank you. Tadaraba. Much appreciated. Sivan Rahav Meir, noted journalist, of course, and somebody who uh, really has her hand on the pulse of what's going on, but she won't make predictions. She won't make predictions about what's going to happen in Israeli politics this week, although, of course, as she described, Naftali Bennett seems to have some advantage right now, but a weak advantage, not a strong advantage. And she won't make predictions in terms of when Israel is supposed to reopen for us. She won't give us a date. She just says, hopefully this summer. Yeah, I've heard that before. <laughs> hopefully this summer is right. Um, so we'll see. We'll see.